All right, howlers, let's get howling. But first, a couple quick warnings. First warning, this podcast contains adult content. Don't be a pixie. Second warning, this podcast contains spoilers for the entire Red Rising saga. Saga. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy, howlerpod.com. Email us, howlerpod at gmail.com. And rate and review us, five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, then you can't listen to the Lightbringer reread episodes. <laughs> Biatch. And now, Howler Pod. Oh! To Howlerpod, your podcast for all things Red Rising, where every episode we dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising saga by Howler number one, Pierce Brown. Ow, ow. I am your host, Ben Reinert. I am joined, as always, by the amazing Aaron Ayers. Low Howlers. Uh, before we get into what we're doing today... I do have a podcast announcement to make. What? I've got a declaration, and it's not bankruptcy. It is <laughs> the start of the Lightbringer reread. I'm going to set a date. Thank God. I've, yeah. been, I've been put in a holding pattern. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, I have a lot going on in the month of October, personally, so... Um, You're so popular. We'll just need to delay things slightly here. And we will be starting the Lightbringer reread on November 10th. So I have a whole month to read five chapters. Correct. So we're going to start November 10th with episodes one through five. Get ready. Chapters one through five. Is that <laughs> chapters one through five. Get ready. So one through five, November 10th, we'll release, we'll like post the schedule on Instagram here pretty soon for the exact weeks um, where everything's going to come out. So you can follow along and um, join us on the reread. We've got a lot of special surprises coming this time. We have special guests. We're going to have some special guests on for the reread. It's going to be really cool. Uh, so get excited. I'm fucking excited, man. I'm excited it's the too. The only thing I'm looking forward to. <laughs> I'm looking forward to other things, you but pushing, this as well. Pushing me back. <laughs> All right, what are we doing today? Today we're doing a howler mailbag. Yeah, let's get the howlers involved. So I went back through the uh, many, many emails that we've received since Lightbringer has been released and uh, picked out some faves and. We're going to uh, have them on the pod and, and, and talk about it. So we've got voicemails. We've got emails. We've got Instagram DMs. It's all here. Uh, let's go ahead and start with a wonderful little voicemail from our friend Ethan. Yes. Ben and Aaron, two of my favorite people. My name is Ethan, formerly known as Epiphany in the Howler's Den, but I'm currently waiting on Mr. Pierce for a new Howler name following Hazard Bedlam, which is very exciting. But I thought I'd send you a voicemail 
Sorry to disappoint. No, I'm not drunk. But I am recording this in my car at 1am. Fun fact. Just watched a rugby game. And also, fun fact, the All Blacks, New Zealand's team won. So that's a win. I am one of the only howlers I know from New Zealand. So, hey, represent. But I thought it's about time I sent you a voicemail. I've listened through your whole podcast now. And I must say, I love it. And I love you both. I just finished listening to Lightbringer today for my first read-through, and oh my gosh, it's amazing. I can't wait for you all to read through it and for all the new episodes to come, but I just wanted to say I love you guys, I love your podcast, and I can't wait for the many more episodes to come. I was thinking tonight about some of my favorite Red Rising quotes, and off the top of my head, Karnas saying to Darrow, Rise so high. In mud you lie. Anyway, love you guys. See you later. Oh my god. Okay, my br- this is what my brain did. I was like, oh, a southern gentleman. Then I was like, British? Very southern. And then gentleman. I was like, Australian? And then no, he's a Kiwi. Our New Zealand friend. I legit thought like Western tip your hat at first. I was like, ooh, that's a nice voice. <laughs> We love you, Ethan. Thank you for that wonderful voicemail. Can you send us more voicemails? I enjoy (laughs) listening to your beautiful accent. (laughs) And rise so high in mud you lie. Yes, great voice work all around on that one. Yes, I need to hear Ethan, um, their impression of Fa or of Ragnar (laughs) speaking in bold. And next up, we have an email from someone from... Across the pond in a different direction. Well, same direction, closer. From England. This is, and I apologize if I pronounce your name incorrectly, Fionn Clark. Fionn. Low Haller Pod. I have to say first, I loved Lightbringer, and I feel way less depressed than at the end of Dark Age. Sidebar, I agree. <laughs> yes, we're on the same page already. Even though we lost the chin, I'm so relieved the good guys finally got some wins. Severo safe. Ajax, Volsungfa, and Atlas dead. Mustang and Victra holding out on Mars. The alliance with the Rim Lords, Athena, and Queen Volga. Daryl getting a fleet and creating a new Razorblade style. Loving the podcast, being back, and you should come to England. I'll buy you both shots. Nice. Hail Cassius, the fear killer. Fuck Lysander, howler out. <laughs> That's a great sign off. We've got multiple friends in England now. We can we also. Do. I would like to drink a shot in England. I've never been to England. <laughs> I haven't either. Let's go. Yeah. I also love Downton Abbey, <laughs> 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 which I'm sure people in England think is annoying. Should we stay with Nick Brinlow or should we stay with Fionn? Uh, I'm sure there's. We'll just travel around the country. I'm sure there's saying. a lot of. A, you know distance between the two <laughs> i i doubt they're neighbors also we'll say it both ben and i both absolutely adore um the doctor so <laughs> if we could you know do any doctor who stuff that'd be cool that'd be cool maybe fight aliens i'm in uh thank you fion for your email we will see you soon for that shot and we hear you uh it does it definitely just feels better after Lightbringer than it did yes, dark Age. i agree no with that email 100 percent. uh next emails from mark mark he has a little bit of different opinion he says for me Lightbringer is the worst worst of the franchise by some distance it felt like pb was still deciding which wreck 
direction to take some of the stories. A large section of threads from DA were simply in, uh, papered over or lost, the abomination in Lyria's Parasite, to name just two. The best, most interesting part to me was the demise of Cassius, and I love Cassius. I'm hoping a reread will change my opinion or that you can show me where I'm go- going wrong. Or maybe this is what we need to enable Red God to shine and tie everything up. Thanks, Mark. Mark, you're not alone. We've heard this from a few other howlers. It's okay, Mark. It's it's okay. (laughs) Hi, I'm Mark. (laughs) And I didn't like light. I also appreciate that the start of the message says, do not read any further until you've finished (laughs) Lightbringer. Thank you. We like um, the warnings. Um, yeah, a few people have uh, been vocal about, you know, it not working, feeling like a lot of the storylines were dropped. Um, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like the ones that were uh, seemingly ignored are they're in the book. They're just not as important. Right. And like for Abomination, it's like possibly a breadcrumb. Yeah. Not explicit so we feel like it's being set up for red god so that one i feel like we can't judge yet mm-hmm. in terms of lyria um i was upset that she's not a super spy but i do feel like he like closed the chapter when she like smushed the parasite right yeah and i mean these are totally valid opinions mark so i mean i'm I here to I, argue with mark <laughs> yeah, I, just, <laughs> I feel like uh, you know, I've, I've definitely heard this from other people as well. So you're not alone. And I totally respect that point of view that I feel differently, obviously, like we've talked about it. We really loved it. And for me, like a lot of that stuff worked, I can understand how it might not work for someone else, especially if your expectations are in a different place kind of going in, but I like where it went. And for me, like it was satisfying kind of what happened with Lyria and like that rang true to me so it didn't feel like a drop storyline it just felt like character development um but yeah i think rereads uh for me will help me remember or see even more stuff too sure. since we flew through the book so fast thank you mark okay next up we have a non-lightbringer related email um we did ask for people to send in <laughs> if they used um, the Romulus Ara quote um, in their wedding vows. It's up there on my bookshelf. <laughs> From Sean, low howlers, listening to your podcast. Love it. Such a great way to get more Red Rising into my life. Thanks, Sean. Just listened to the House Raw episode and laughed when you said that I had to write in if I used his love you in the darkness quote. That I did. Tweaked it a little bit to fit the vows, but got it in there. It even made the video. So we're going to try to rip the sound (laughs) so we can play it on the podcast. Whether it is sunrises, midday adventures, or sunsets over the water, I promise that I will love you until the sun and stars stop shining. And after, I will love you in the darkness. Ugh. I'm tearing up. <laughs> Way to go, Sean. We love it. Okay, I'm not going to lie. The music is a little too upbeat for how <laughs> like intense the quote is. <laughs> I did tear up. You guys are both very beautiful. Congratulations on your wedding. <laughs> and then uh, Sean finishes with, 
Love your stuff, Howlers. Um, hope you have read Lightbringer and loved it as much as I did. From Sean Al Curtis, a.k.a. Howler, a.k.a. Quote Thief. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thank you, Sean, for that. It was awesome. Uh, next email is from Ross in Memphis. He says, uh, first, it was nice to meet you all at HowlerCon. Second, nice Ben. Nice to meet you, Ross. Nice to meet you, Ross. He says, and then secondly, Ben put it perfectly. I'm just going to stop the email there. That's all we need to know. Ben put it perfectly. Okay. <laughs> The one, the one accolade you get. <laughs> no, he says Ben put it perfectly when he said Figment and the Parasite were wrapped up. That served its purpose, and Lyria is not Red God. I expect to see far less of her in the final book, if at all. People on on Reddit are idiots. <laughs> are, uh, we, are people still on Reddit? There are a lot of people. Reddit, on Reddit. confuses Reddit. me. It's a weird cesspool of stuff. I'm a middle-aged millennial. No, is it, it for it's me? just like a message board, basically. I totally get it. Yeah. Um, he said, R- Ross goes on to say, her entire storyline seems a lot more planned out to me now that Lightbringer is done. Aside from providing insight and a new perspective on the Republic as a red and iron gold, she was the vehicle to get the Obsidians. Without her, she doesn't meet Pax. Without meeting Pax, she doesn't go find Quicksilver or Oculus. Without being there, she doesn't rendezvous with Darrow. Without the rendezvous, she doesn't help get the Obsidians and Volga back into the fray. Without that, there's no final surge on Mars. She served her purpose, and her watch has ended. Now she can fucking die. Jeez. No, he doesn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Way to bring Jon Snow into this. I'm not sure I agree with the watch has ended part, but the rest is pretty good. Um I can. I definitely see where you're coming from there. I do. Th- I think Lyria is still going to have a role to play here. Well, someone needs to keep Volga, like on the right side. <laughs> well, that, and I think it's like, I I don't know. There's like a thing in the back of my mind that I feel like she's going to be the person to stand up to Lysander in some type of way. Oh, she's going to pull a Arya and stab the yeah Ice King yeah in the face. Yeah. Spoiler alert for <laughs> all of Game of Thrones. <laughs> if you're here and you haven't seen Game of Thrones, that would be very surprising. You can beep all that up. <laughs> Next email, we have Marcus Thompson. Oh, my favorite section in the whole Red Rising series occurred in Lightbringer. I'm talking about the duel between Darrow and Volsung Fa. Clang, clang, bitch. That was, that was me. That wasn't Marcus. <laughs> the first time and only time so far that I read the scene, I was grinning like a mad Severo the whole time. It started when Volga started ripping out hearts, and I got the suspicion Darrow had a trick up his sleeve, and then it started bringing back our old favorites. Darrow and Cassius and Severo coming out of the Leviathan, a.k.a. the Dead Horses. Darrow challenging and dueling Fa, and it not starting so well, a la Darrow versus Cassius and Golden Sun. Then the tide turning when Darrow finds his way, the willow way, and his new, the stone that breathes. And then Darrow dissecting his enemy to achieve his goal of turning people to his side. And Lightbringer getting the obsidians to remember that he is the ultimate leader. Then the chase and hunt. Confess, confess, confess! Such an amazingly written section of chapters with a combination of past examples combining to show the Darrow we all love and missed and hope to see again. 
Such an amazing section. My favorite section in the whole series. Love you guys, Marcus. Love you, Marcus. And I Agreed. can't say it any better than that. Confess. That's just, it's a culmination of a lot of things coming together in those chapters. That is yeah, just. Yeah, the coming out of the dead Leviathan, you're just like, fuck, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a lot Bring of the stuff that, that we really love here at HowlerPod. Um, okay, let's let's do a voicemail. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Ryan. Uh, first time caller, long time listener. Uh, just wanted to kind of, I guess, uh, comment on the latest episode, Finished Lightbringer, I guess it was earlier this week. And uh, Ben, I mean, you and I are a lot alike when it comes to the things that we agree with and uh, look forward to and observations that we have with the series. Cassius is also my favorite character, and oh, man, I was, you could see it coming from a mile away, and it didn't it didn't help either. Um, I still enjoyed the book. I loved it. It's probably up there with Golden Sun being one of my favorite books of all time. I devoured it, and uh, seeing Cassius' death basically being foretold um, when him and Darrow were... Uh, at Lauren's castle and everything, and Cassie's being such the badass that he is. He doesn't even need a mirror to shave his beard. He can just whip his razor out and do it. And, uh, yeah, man, it was it was rough. It was a rough week. It actually kind of affected me at work. My boss was even asking me about it. I was like, you wouldn't understand. I go, it's going to sound really silly if I really say it out loud. But I uh, just wanted to kind of comment and tell you guys that you're doing a great job. Uh, I unfortunately did not get to go to Halicon. I had a ticket, but some real life stuff came up and I was unable to attend at the Tulsa, Oklahoma location. But man, uh, I'm going to make more plans when Red God comes out and be able to take some time off and get a hotel and all that stuff because I'd love to hang out with everybody. So keep up the good work, guys. Uh, excited to hear what's coming next. And I will, I guess, uh, listen and hopefully be entertained like I usually am. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, Ryan. Oh, good howl. That was a great howl on that one. Great job. We're sorry that we missed you in Tulsa, but we can't wait to hang out at Red, uh, the HowlerCon for Red God. And the annual HowlerCon that's going to happen forever. <laughs> And I totally get it. I was also affected at work by <laughs> my uh, by listening sadness over my boy Cassius. So um, I- I'm here for you. A virtual hug. Sending it out to you. Uh, our next email is from Cassie P. Cassie says, there's so much to share, but I'll save some for the by chapter episodes emails for now but maybe i'll get the courage to call in for red god call in cassie come on come on cassie <laughs> first off quote unquote the thing when quote unquote the thing happened in my audiobook i was driving i didn't realize until the smoke turned pink then i was screaming the thing the thing og holler shit and then i howled bloody manic it was not a safe moment i'm assuming this is clang 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 Oh, the thing? Yeah. I was like, which thing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that's clang, clang, clang. There were a lot of things that happened. <laughs> yes. OG Howler shit. That that makes me makes it sound like 
Hell yeah. Uh, dead horses. So, uh, in chapter 17, Lysander, may he forever be fucked during his <laughs> Mars <laughs> must fall speech, is channeling uh, the Roman Cato the Elder, who ended his speeches, whatever the topic, with Carthage must be destroyed. Uh, and then Cassie goes on to say, also, I'm so tired of Lysander shooting everything I cherish. In the words of Obi-Wan Kenobi, so uncivilized. Erg la Cassius's honor. Last thought. It's entirely possible Severo's mind isn't diddled because Pierce didn't want a whole run of Hallerpot episodes with the word diddled used <laughs> over and over. <laughs> Fair. That said, we don't know for sure if Severo's mind isn't diddled. The Duke of Hands had no idea his mind had been diddled. I'm fearful some sleeper threat could still be triggered when he sees his family again. Still possible that he kills Electra. Uh, and then she quotes the Osgard prophecy, father kill daughter. And then, uh, oh, did we say that word enough times? Diddled. Diddled. Love y'all, Cassie. <laughs> Here, glow, Cassius. <laughs> that was a great, great email, Ca- uh, Cassie. And uh, thank you so much. Cassie's close to Cassius. Mm, kind of s- similar. Similar. And yes, I think, I mean, we've all got that fear, right, about Severo. Like, it's in the back of your mind for sure. Is like, is he okay? Is he actually okay? <laughs> I don't know what to think. Uh, so we'll just have to read and find out, I guess. But we will be mining for hints uh, during our reread for sure and see if we can come up with anything, um, a- any theories that, that may point us in some direction. Okay. Next email is from Stephanie. Stephanie says, Hello, Ben and Aaron. Great podcast about your initial thoughts on Lightbringer. I'm looking forward to the chapter by chapter reviews. Me too, Stephanie. (laughs) 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 I blame Ben's busy schedule. Uh, Stephanie says, my condolences, Ben. I'm sorry for the loss of Cassius. When Pierce said he cried writing a death scene, I just knew it was him. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you. Um, And then speaking of Darrow and... Cassius scenes uh, Stephanie says I loved all their scenes and loved the dynamic between Darrow Cassius and Severo and adored the Cassius and Lyria friendship eaglet eaglet I need a tattoo that says eaglet (laughs) (laughs) Uh, speaking of Lyria I agree with Ben about the parasite well a lot of agreement with Ben (sighs) here Okay, that's I why deleted I specifically chose all these emails. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're filtering them. And then Seventy says, "Did not see the Volga stuff coming. That she'd be so impressionable, impressionable." Uh, but then again, she did go along with Ephraim when he kidnapped children. That's a great point. Um, and we don't get her POV, so only Pierce knows how Volga was convinced by Fa. Even then, Pierce might not know. Um, back to Severo. Uh, Stephanie has two red god predictions. Um, I think Athena might be his aunt Rihanna. Mm, that's oh, um, from Sons the Sons of Aries Part Three. Yeah. Um, if not his aunt, 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 then um, she knew his aunt. But I'm sticking with the first instant reaction that she's Aunt Rihanna, and they both wear their hair in braids, so that's suspicious. Mm. And then uh, a f- not so much a prediction, but a fear is uh, scared that Lysander will kill Severo. 
Maybe that's because something Lysander said in Iron Gold about when he was kidnapped by Severo and he mentions it again in Lightbringer. I hope I'm wrong and I'm reading too much into it. And after everything our heroes have been through, we need to give Severo and Victor the happy ending they fought for. Amen. Preach it. Stephanie also wants the special edition book of Severo's POV, those 400 pages that we all mm. would pay money for. No <coughs> <doubt>. Pierce. <laughs> and then um, lastly, a question that's been on Stephanie's mind. Who's more of a psycho, the Jackal or Atlas? Cannibalism, cutting your own hand off the box, cloning yourself versus impaling, arm grafting, mauling Apollonius's brother. I'll say psycho jackal psychotic he's like more psychotic like fear is like he's more calculated yeah he's doing it all for a reason and to be like specifically scary so he like knows what he's doing in a way that like jackal kind of loses control and just goes psychotic yeah i agree but they're both scary (laughs) (laughs) and then stephanie's instagram is steph underscore reads underscore tbr on instagram thank you stephanie nice Uh, okay next email is from our great great friend and our howlerpod favorite nick brenlow from across the pond nick brenlow nick does our voiceovers that and will be doing them yes and we'll be doing more for us during the lightbringer although nick's got competition now with that (laughs) new zealander (laughs) with ethan from new zealand (laughs) (laughs) just kidding nick we would never replace you we just wanted to send uh, a really heartfelt uh congratulations to nick he has a new baby uh born august 9th newest member of the brenlow family Eliana Sarand Brenlow. So congratulations, congratulations, Nick. We love you. Uh, Eliana is now part of the Howler Pod family as well. We expect voiceovers from her very soon. <laughs> <laughs> there aren't any babies in Lightbringer. Yeah. Probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Congrats, Nick. Uh, Chris says, a theme that is present throughout the books is how Selenius is thought of as the noble icon, the original iron gold with a virtue uh, that all Oriats look up to. Lysander is constantly struggling internally to live up to his ancestor's name, and everyone he interacts with from the society is constantly reminding him of the shoes he is trying to fill. Something I think that Pierce did brilliantly in this book is to play with the notion of Selenius's legacy by introducing the Edmi. As Lysander pondered how Selenius would use the Edmi, it bit me. Holy shit, this guy's the whole... The Edmi bit him. <laughs> oh, no. Eat me. Uh, <laughs> holy shit, this guy's whole family has been rotten from the start. It's a bid to create order, peace, and prosperity. Selenius led to the extermination of the human race as we knew it and built a new world order on their bones. So what does he immediately decide to do as soon as his perfect society is established? Engineer a bioweapon that could kill everyone in that brand new empire and proceed to cover it up when it gets stolen? Possibly even used it as leverage to claim the throne in the first place? 
In choosing to kill Cassius and betray Diomedes, Lysander is not straying from the righteous path of Selenius. He is embracing, embracing the path his family has always been a part of, full metal tyranny. Because of this, I think the romanticized version of the original society was always a lie. There was never a fall from grace. The conquerors were just as conniving, hypocritical, power-hungry, and terrible as the modern-day society, if not worse. It was a classic example of history book sanitation for later generations to idolize, because the truth would crumble the foundations of the empire. So in summary, Lysander's entire family, going back to the first ancestor, sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. And there's a reason why being a fuckboy comes so naturally to him even when he's given every opportunity to redeem himself. And he's going to fuck around and find out what happens when you build a campaign on lies. Just ask Darrow. What do you guys think? Thank you for everything you both do for all us howlers out here. I can't wait to hear you discuss and break down the book further. Howler out, Chris. Chris, you're giving Heather, our wise and wonderful researcher, a <laughs> run for her money. This is an excellent email, Chris. This, I this love this This is theory. like um, uh, Red Rising history. Yeah. Not real history. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love this theory. Oh, I really love it. Yeah. Uh, one, <laughs> once a fuckboy, the whole lineage <laughs> is a fuckboy. And just the fact that like, it, it really plays to the idea that you know history is written by the victors and the fact that right. the society would make themselves seem like so honorable. But yeah, they did basically... So did non-engineered humans get Ed Mead out? Yeah, they basically sterilized the entire population of Earth and then killed them all. Great. So there's actually no like... Something to look forward to. There's no homo sapiens left. We're, we're holding out. <laughs> Just us here. Holocaust <laughs> <Howard> HQ. <laughs> <laughs> Only sterilized humans left. All right. Uh, Thanks, Chris. Great job, Chris. I, I love that one. Um, all right. Let's get a voicemail in here. Hello, Howlers. Um, it's Phineas again. Um, first of all, thank you for using they, them pronouns for me. That was very sweet. Um, I do use he, they, so thank you. Um, second of all, I have just gotten to page 115 of Lightbringer. Um, right after Cassius and Daryl are having their conversation in the ship, after Severo freaks out and they meet Athena, whatever, whatever, you can't tell me they are not dating. Ben, you and I are out of luck. Cassius is Daryl's boyfriend. Anyway, um, I haven't finished this book yet, and I hope nothing bad happens to either of them, because my life will be in danger, and they are my emotional support people. Anyway. Oh no! <laughs> oh no, Phineas! <laughs> Phineas, I hope you're not listening to Howler Pod before you're done with the book. Oh, <laughs> uh, you can check in yeah, with I us if nothing, you'd like. <laughs> I hope nothing bad happens. <laughs> and to send them. us an email. Uh, <laughs> yes, I mean the. We should email Phineas back and say, "Don't listen until you're done." <laughs> Uh, the they sent that a while back. So okay, my condolences. Yeah. I, I'm sure they've finished by this point. I think we could have uh, a fanfic about shipping Darrow and Cassius, and I would be 100% into I'd that. I'd read it. I'm in. Phineas, do you want to volunteer to write that? I mean, they basically got the, the bromance was completed at the end of this book. They said they love each other and 
Well, that that they're brothers, you know. I'm saying we need to take that further. <laughs> You're trying to <laughs> consummate it. Yes. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Fully shipped. <laughs> Phineas, I hope you're doing well <laughs> yes. since finishing the book. Feel free to check in with us if you'd like, Phineas. Yes. We might be worried about you a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we are also going through it. We're here for you. All right. We have another voicemail. Hey there, guys. Uh, my name is Sean from the Yukon, and I'm a Vancouver-based um, musician slash construction worker slash howler. Um, I was listening to the podcast all day at work today while painting, and it just made uh, my whole life because I remembered, oh, yeah, these guys have episodes, new episodes, and I read Lightbringer, and I have so <laughs> much to say, but I'm going to try and keep it super brief, and I'll call back in in the future. Um, the funny story that I have is after I finished Lightbringer, I kept on bringing up <laughs> Lysander and Cassius to my girlfriend who's never read any of the books um, and probably won't for a while. But every time I talked about Cassius, I was like, oh, rest in peace, Cassius, my favorite. Like, what a legend. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, you know, to her, to her utter confusion. And then every time I mentioned, I would mention Lysander, I'd be like, that fucking bad little piece of shit, that little bitch, fuck Lysander. Hashtag fuck Lysander, right, Vaish? And she was like, Hmm? Who? <laughs> Along with some looks of uh, mild concern. Um, anyway, <laughs> so I've just been harassing my girlfriend with, um, you know, mourning Cassius and 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 saying fuck Lysander. Um, the other funny story is that I bought a copy of Lightbringer on release day, and then I went to an open mic and got a beer and brought it home. And in my bag, the beer spilled all over the book and ruined it. And I have been waiting for this book for four years, and I was not ready to let that happen to it. So I kept it, and I bought another copy. So I have two copies of Lightbringer, one that is covered in beer, and one that is, like, still fresh and completely brand new. And I bought the audiobook, too. <laughs> so I have uh, that one that's covered in beer became my, like, beater book. I just brought it wherever. Didn't care what happened to it because, you know. Can't get much worse. Can't get much worse than that. Um, maybe this voicemail is too long. I'll just add one more thing, which is that um, Pierce Brown is such a legend. I've listened to all his interviews. So inspired by the guy. Like I've listened to multiple hour-long interviews, and he's just such a great person. So wise. Um, and we've even had some like Instagram DM exchanges. He's just like humble and a real inspiration. And uh, yeah, the same goes for you guys. Uh, I've listened to every episode. Um, yeah, I love Hollywood Pod so much. And I haven't managed to convert almost anyone in my life to Red Rising. So having you guys to talk to is, well, <laughs> hearing you guys talk about Red Rising just makes my day every single time. So love you. Uh, thank you. And Sean. Thank you, Sean. That was a great. That was that's some howler shit going on in that. Yes. Uh, voicemail. Sorry there. about your first book. <laughs> I think most of us own more than one copy, and I, I also love that you have, have a beer covered Lightbringer, though. That's Hell awesome. Yeah, makes it better. <laughs> Has a patina on it. I've talked to Sean on Instagram. Great. You got to check his music out, Sean from the Yukon. Also, I, he might have better hair than his music i mean oh it's, wow it's good stuff cassie's so level hair it's pretty good pretty good hair i also want to say sean 
Ben and I both sympathize with you because neither of our partners read the books, which is why we have each other. So (laughs) you just need to find a friend. (laughs) And keep trying to convert those howlers. You'll get one eventually. You'll get them. (laughs) Just keep being annoying. Sean from the Yukon. Uh, Should we do another voicemail? Yeah, another voicemail. Keep them coming. Hey, Hellerpod. I love you guys. Oh, God, I'm so glad you guys are back after all this time. Fucking Lightbringer. Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm fucking panicking. I love you guys. Okay, sorry for panicking. I just got so excited because it's you guys and I love you. And, uh, oh, my God, I can't believe. Uh, anyway, um. So I'm outside hanging out with my dog, and uh, I've been just reminiscing about Lightbringer and everything that has happened, and I'm just so overwhelmed that I can't even express. This is the happiest I've been for uh, since, well, like, this is the funnest book I've had since Red Rising. All the other books have been, you know, they've been amazing, and they've what's made this series for me, but... Um, Lightbringer for some reason brought uh, fun back to it in a way. I don't know how to explain that properly, but it just it's been just such a trip, and um, I'm so excited for you guys to do a you know um, a chapter by chapter. Your your uh, instant reaction was fucking amazing. Uh, I just oh my god. It made me cry a little bit because I just, Cassius, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm fucking drunk. Um, I, I love you guys. I, 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 it's been so great to hear your voices again after all that time, and it was so cool hearing you guys on um, Words and Whiskey, and I'm just really looking forward to you guys uh, reviewing Lightbringer in its entirety, and and. Uh, I going through, I'm going through a lot of emotions right now because I fucking love that book and I fucking hate Lysander and <laughs> I, thank you. You guys have just been the best and yeah. oh, I'm sorry, but how long? Thank you. Unnamed Howler. We don't have a name for that amazing <laughs> voicemail. We've been uh, laughing our asses off. <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> That was absolutely incredible. <laughs> I'm sorry you're so stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> we are here for you. Uh, thank you so much for those. Thank you for calling, calling in. words and calling in. Yes, it was. That was that really just that was fun. Absolutely. And thanks for calling in drunk. That's actually what we want everyone to do. If you're yes. legally allowed to drink and are not sober. <laughs> that really just absolutely made my day. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm so stressed out. <laughs> Cassius. Yes. <laughs> I get it, man. I get it. <laughs> okay, next up, we have an email from Crystal. The subject line is My name is Cassius Bologna, brother of Darrow, and my honor remains. <laughs> oh, brother of Darrow. Dear Aaron and Ben, let me start by saying I'm so sad for all of us, but especially for Ben <laughs> about Cassius. Thank you, Crystal. Fuck you, Lysander. And how dare Lysander act like he was sad about Cassius's death. He's a special kind of psycho. I love that 
like so many emails have started with sorry about Cassius and then immediately afterwards it's fuck Lysander. Yeah, <laughs> like, as it should be. <laughs> I love that that's just became that we're all on board. That's become the greeting now and that's awesome. Yes. <laughs> then Crystal says, I'm still in the middle of listening to your Insta reaction pod. Like a pixie, I took forever to read Lightbringer. I'm a high school English teacher and I listen to Hallerpod every morning on my way to work. It seriously puts me in the best mood for work and I'm not just ass kissing. I've literally never even listened to another podcast. Wow. Wow, we popped Crystal's <laughs> podcast cherry. <laughs> I hope uh I hope my saying fuck all the time doesn't leak through <laughs> to your high to school your, to students. Your middle school. <laughs> <laughs> high school, high school. Oh, high school, sorry, yeah. You can say fuck to high schoolers yeah unless it's a christian school (laughs) (laughs) that'd be fun uh crystal says at what point did you guys know that darrow severo and cassius were inside the leviathan Uh, ben do you want to answer um i really i did not see that coming until like things started happening over there like when lyria is like what's going on over there there's like some weird lights and smoke and stuff and yeah i was like oh shit they're coming out but yeah i, did not I think didn't know it was that. happening until it was happening yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i was like oh it's oh oh the dead oh i, I remember yeah. <laughs> i was not ready um crystal says i thought something was up with it by how in-depth lyria's fascination and horror was about it mm-hmm. uh when they brought it up to kill it and we're going to cut it open i was like holy shit darrow is definitely inside that's good insight. I was not, <laughs> I was not that with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Crystal says, I see people talking about this a little online and I know we're waiting on red God, but I was actually surprised we didn't get more about the abominadrius. Not mad because fuck that creepy kid, <laughs> but surprised. I wonder what kind of weird shit he'll be up to in the next book. Also, how does Lysander become a bigger baddie than Atlas? Remember the good old days when he talked about how terrifying it was to face Darrow and the next chapter Darrow just mentions light resistance. I hope Severo gets a hold of him in the next book. And I want more Victra and Mustang too. I can't wait for the chapter breakdowns. Hallercon sounded amazing. If you guys ever venture to the Cincinnati area, I would be happy to give you a bloody damn awesome tour. Are we getting shots? We'll stop uh, New Zealand, at Cincinnati, on, on the our way, way to, New to <laughs> England, and then New Zealand. That makes sense. This makes geographically. Sense. Yeah. Omnisphere Lupus and Hicks Saint Leones, and then Crystal follows up with, uh, "Did we ever talk about the <laughs> Oculus in Dark Age? We thought the Oculus was, we thought the Oculus that Quick made was going to be a big deal, or am I not remembering it quickly? There was no Oculus talk in Lightbringer. Well, isn't the whole? Yeah, I would think like whatever the oculus was just kind of turned into quick's asteroid the asteroid ship that i thought that was the oculus do we not it wasn't like the say? exact same thing oh really no oh i so kind of like melded kind of those two yeah i mean i think maybe they took those kind of plans and shaped them into his asteroid ship okay but but yeah I, like the oculus was more like a city of like a spaceport kind of thing, spaceship, giant space. Oh, not the s- space city that looked like an eye. Not the children of the corn. No, not the children of the space corn. Of the space corn. Yeah. Thank you, Crystal. 
Our next email is from Josephine. Uh, whose last name is literally Lionheart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> pretty awesome. <laughs> the subject of this email is Lysander might have a narcissistic personality disorder. <laughs> okay. My husband is a social worker and he told me I have to stop diagnosing people <laughs> that I don't know with personality disorder. I think disorders. it's okay with fictional characters. I'm just like listening to like murder podcast personality <laughs> disorder. That person has a personality disorder. <laughs> Uh, okay, Josephine says, hear me out on this one. I am aware that the term narcissist gets thrown around quite easily, but there are nine traits to determine if a person actually has this disorder. Disorder For that, at least five out of nine traits should be recognized in a person's behavior. The six I thought fitting to Lysander's thoughts and actions are the following. They believe to be especially important and great. They expect others to naturally recognize them as intelligent and capable and therefore follow their views, actions, and opinions without a doubt in mind check two because they see themselves as special they believe that on, only other special and important people are able to under, understand them and be valuable to them so they aspire to surround themselves with only those special people they believe spending time with other people is actually beneath their dignity check <laughs> number three relationships with people are mostly only interesting when they are able to take some sort of advantage out of that relationship check Four, they expect that they deserve better treatment than other people in all areas of life. 100%. Check. Five, they're unable or mostly unable to feel compassion. He's going that way. He's going that He's way. He's like developing I would a say he, there are some points where he does show s- compassion. Right. But, but it seems like it's coming. It's maybe it's, more analytical. Seems like it's uh, quickly running out yeah at least um number six they act arrogant in a know-it-all manner pretentious and express their opinions in that way <laughs> in parentheses feels painfully familiar here it does. <laughs> uh josephine goes on to say another match includes that nice narcissists are basically raised to become that when parents give them the feeling that they are only worthy of affection if they're able to meet certain expectations and might be shunned if they are not those children can develop a narcissistic personality disorder. That sounds like Octavia's kind of parenting to me. If he is one, that would explain a lot of his thought processes. Narcissists are able to shift the narrative in their own heads so that they are always the hero or the victim, but never the villain. In case you have already talked about that theory, I'm sorry I did not listen to all the episodes yet. That theory just came to my mind when I was thinking about Lightbringer, and I did not see others talk about it. Um, I haven't seen anything out of it. No. You're the first, Lionheart. You got it, Josephine. They even signed off Hicks St. Leone's. Yes. In kind regards. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you for I like that theory. In. Good breakdown, Josephine. And I fully agree with it. <laughs> and I want to say fuck Lysander. Let's do a couple emails with some book rankings just for fun. Uh, we'll start with Nate's email. Hi, Ben and Aaron. This is Nate from Denver and from the HowlerCon voicemail, which is arguably the worst voicemail ever to make the podcast. Hell yeah. I would agree, Nate. (laughs) (laughs) Or the best memory. (laughs) Also, Nate, great meeting you at (laughs) Halicon. Nate uh, wanted to give us his Red Rising book rankings and then a few Lightbringer thoughts. Uh, He said, Lightbringer was my favorite book of the series, as you can see in my rankings. So he has Lightbringer 1, 
Red Rising 2 uh, says he can't believe that it's so low on everyone's list. Got to love an origin story. And uh, did everyone forget about the Institute? Number three is Morningstar. Number four is Dark Age. Number five, Golden Sun. He said he's a pixie like Aaron and he needs a happy ending. And then number six, Iron Gold. That's a good list. I'm going to steal it for <laughs> next time I do the ranking. <laughs> that may come up this episode. Uh, the only nitpick nit ha- uh, Nate has with Lightbringer is that two characters behave differently than they had previously. Even though he was a fraud, Volsung Fa was still a force of nature. I was surprised that he ran from Darrow after their duel. It was fun to read, but it seemed out of character and made me dread something terrible was about to happen. Thanks thanks to Pierce's knack for giving us hope and then immediately dashing it. As much as we all hate Lysander... He always displayed a moral compass, however skewed. Killing Cassius and betraying Diomedes at the end appeared to be in contrast to that. Maybe it just solidified him as unredeemable in the end. I'd like to hear your thoughts. Um, he also says, you guys haven't gotten to your prediction game yet for Red God, but what I'm looking forward to most is Darrow Apollonius rematch. Now that Darrow discovered the breath of wind, I can't see how Pierce could leave that out. I would agree there. We're going to get that. Um, and then one last thought. We need to find a way to make Halicon an ev- annual event. Maybe you guys could host in Kansas City. I heard there might be some good barbecue there. Denver would be a, g- a good spot too. Possibly hot Darrow sighting. <laughs> Fingers crossed. We can only hope, Nate. We can only hope. Uh, hot or- Darrow. <laughs> or even Tulsa again, but maybe not in August. And now that I've put it out in the universe, hopefully some th- someone makes it happen. Uh, love the pod, and I'm looking forward to Lightbringer reread. Clang, clang, clang. Confess. <laughs> you want to host uh, Holocon at your house, or yeah. what are you thinking? Yeah, there's we'll, definitely enough room here. We'll just have everybody over. I, I have room for 750 <laughs> crazy people. <laughs> put them in the backyard. We can put up some tents. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'll go great. We'll get to working on that. Um and yeah, I can see what you're saying with Volsung. I found that Volsung par- Fa part very satisfying, but I can see kind of where you're coming from there as well. Um, and then, yeah, I think the idea behind the Lysander killing Cassius is like, I, I do agree. Like, I don't think he's going to be redeemed at this point. Um, if he is, I would like to see the magic trick. I don't trick. believe in forgiveness. I would like to see that magic trick pulled off by Pierce because that will be impressive. Thank you, Nate. Uh, and then we also have some rankings from Ross. Ross says uh, his book ring- rankings go Dark Age, Red Rising, Lightbringer, Golden Sun, Morningstar, Iron Gold. Um, With no explanation. No, he has an explanation. Okay. <laughs> so Dark Age and Red Rising are tied for me as far as my favorite book ever goes. Dark Age is probably the best book I've ever read. It gave me exactly wow. what I wanted in a book. Sci-fi war with a bunch of badass characters that I already know. If that's what you want in a book. Ross has a strong constitution. You got it. Red Rising interest, introduced us to this world and did more for me as a person and as a reader that I can't rank it outside of the top two. Not for nothing, the jury. Oh yes, Ross is the uh, is the person from the Lightbringer prediction purge that predicted that Pax was, um, or no, Cassius was Pax's 
baby daddy oh do you remember that from the prediction purge yeah how dare you and then at the end he wrote and not for nothing the jury is still out on whether or not cassius is pax's real dad i don't think anyone's (laughs) worried about that except for ross (laughs) love it ross that's awesome uh and then also talking about rankings we've got a voicemail here hey guys this is jake with me like bees i just wanted to say that last episode that band you had was just phenomenal never heard of them before i don't know if they're a local band or something but man i don't know how you find these guys that band was amazing phenomenal just wanted to drop a line say hey uh also i'm wondering uh what aaron's new order for uh the books are because you know it changes on any given day so i'd love to hear the current current list of uh order of best red rising books all right how on who's that band <laughs> who's that band uh so you what's the what? order today jake the order is <laughs> nate's order that's the new order which was uh, lightbringer red rising morningstar dark age golden sun iron gold which i feel like has been one of my orders before I think that's, yeah, maybe last Wednesday or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, Wednesday before that. Probably. It's good order. <laughs> Thank you, Jake. No, uh, I always have had Dark Age last. Yeah, that is true. I'm going to move it to last again. <laughs> <laughs> I already changed it. Jake, we miss you. That was a fun time. Yes, we can't and wait to And don't forget to check out Me Like Bees. We're uh, just going to keep plugging it because they're that good. They're from Joplin, but they're worldwide. Fucking worldwide. All right. I've got an email here from our wonderful friend, Daniel. Daniel, thank you for writing in. I've read all your emails. And How's it going, Daniel? We miss you. Um, I appreciate you. Uh, Daniel wrote me some of the greatest emails. They're always just super fun to read. He wrote me a drunk one at like 1.30 a.m. And I was like, Daniel, this is the most insane email I've ever read in my entire life. And it I was loved great. It. I loved it. I loved Were it you also time. drunk? No, I think oh. I've read it the next morning. Daniel writes that at some point in Red God, I need Darrow and Pax to reconnect. Growing up as an army brat, I feel a connection for that dynamic. That particular loneliness of growing up in a foreign country and your dad has been gone to God knows where. It's even worse when he doesn't have an actual time of coming home. So tough on a kid. Feeling that hollowed space in your chest, but at the same time mentally chiding yourself for feeling that. Trying to be strong enough till the homecoming just to find your dad has seen the worst of humanity. So much pressure on a kid. After my own time with USN and then NATO, I understand. I think experience can breed both wisdom and empathy. As silly as it may be with fictional characters, I do not want this for Darrow and Pax. I'm not a fool, though. I don't think the slate can be wiped clean, but I fucking need to see them heal together. I'm hoping for a scene at Olympia with the duo walking the path of Eagle's Rest, Castius's home. Seeing the destroyed statues for sure, but maybe the god tree doors that are carved with wings out spread still intact. With wings outspread, still intact. Darrow having heard more about Ephraim from Volga instead of the data pack Mustang sent him. Pax having read Darrow's journal, Darrow tucking away the Reaper within, and Pax intellectual and Pax's intellectual defense down, then hope opening their hearts for each other like a crack in the dam. I'm not sure how Red God will go. We're for sure to see some absolute manic carnage, of course. That's our bread and butter. But the meat of this saga are the characters' connections to each other, 
With the healing of Lightbringer, I cannot wait to see that moving towards the finale. Keep calm and stay prime, Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. That's fucking beautiful, Daniel. I hope that keep happens now, too. <laughs> keep calm and stay prime. <laughs> I need that on a shirt. That's that's some... I love that thought, and I, I hope you get that, Daniel. Um, That's really cool. That was a, just... Reading that kind of gave me chills thinking about that scene. Um, I would, I hope that happens. Yep. Next up, we have an email from Molly. Low Howlers, love your pod and can't wait to listen to the Lightbringer recap. So much to dive into. Something that recently struck me while I was reading Golden Sun was Mustang talking about all the people who have been caught in relationships with someone else outside their color and how in each case they think they are the only ones, but it keeps happening. At the end of Morningstar, I always thought the win Mustang and Darrow had was half-measured since the Rim had a deal with them to be independent. Clearly, Iron Gold showed that war with the core golds was not easy. All this to say, I think the romance between Diomedes and Ore makes sense. The Rim golds and Diomedes have honor and follow, that honors in quotes, and follow ration rules placed on all colors of the Rim, this is something that impresses the worst person ever, <laughs> Lysander. <laughs> Victor wasn't mad at Reds finally learning how to fight back. I think this is f- a familiar vein of Diomedes. He has honor and he wants to be the shepherd of the people. I think it's his kindness to all colors that led him to fall for Ari. Assuming the current path Diomedes is on doesn't get blown up, it looks like one day in the future, the Rim will be a willing partner to the Republic, both in trade and in law. So basically, I love it, and it feels right. Love to hear what others think of that love connection. Best, Molly. I agree. Um, I think lots of colors are (laughs) (laughs) cross-color fucking. (laughs) We want more of it. Yes. (laughs) Um, and it's right and it does feel right and I love it. And yes. it does, it, Diomedes love for R8 for sure, like makes him more l- relatable and likable. Diomedes is a good boy. We like Diomedes. He's, he's being, he's doing his best. He's not the goodest boy, but he's doing his best. He's a good boy. Okay. All right. We have one final voicemail. Hello, Howlers. This is Allie. I was initially not going to do this because I just called in for the Miles episode, but also I just did not think I could organize my rambly thoughts in a five-minute voicemail. But I'm gonna, I, at the end of the day, I just could not help myself, so you guys are going to have to suffer through it. Like all of us, I was not sure what to expect with Lightbringer, given the writing struggles and him throwing out large portions of the book and the effects that COVID had on him as a writer. So... You know, it was definitely not the book that we were expecting, I think largely because he had to split them up. You know, uh, Dark Age clearly ends with this direction towards uh, Mars. And so obviously we had to reroute that a little bit. There were definitely some sad boy vibes in the beginning. And I want to make this comparison between um, like Golden Sun and Dark Age and Morningstar and Lightbringer. But first, I also just want to say when I initially I got Cassius's death spoiled for me because I started reading the book, and I was like, okay, in addition to a global pandemic, bro is definitely going through a breakup, and uh, joke's on me, because I immediately flipped the, to the acknowledgments to compare who he thanked from Dark Age to Lightbringer, and then got his Cassius's death spoiled, so joke is on me, but there's definitely a different vibe, and I think in Golden Sun and Dark Age, Darrow is just this, like, kinetic force of energy. I think people have said a lot in Lightbringer, oh, it's like Darrow 
is back to himself. And I feel like the, a, a lot of that actually happened in Dark Age. He went back for his army. He kind of became true again after Iron Gold. But I just I think he is this he is just moving the plot forward and getting what he wants done through just sheer grit and will and just like fighting the scrappy kind of fighting. And in both Golden Sun and Dark Age, by the end, you know, he gets checked hard and humbled. Um, and so it makes sense for the story arc that there would be a different tone for Morningstar and Lightbringer, you know, by, by necessity. And I think the whole point of the original trilogy is that Daryl can't do it alone. He needed Mustang and Cassius and Severo to ultimately, like, win, you know, win this battle. And so, again, that makes sense that it's flawlessly executed, take a drink, Pierce did that well. Um, but I just love, like, Dark Age is this eternal expansion, and I love the theater and the drama, and I love, like, the Golden Sun Dark Age Darrow that is just, like, scrappy and making things happen. Um, and by necessity, you know, Lightbringer is a contraction. He needed to reel it in, and that makes a lot of sense. You know, if you compare A Song of Ice and Fire, which which is just endless expansion, you know, he doesn't reel it in, and we never get the story finished. And the way that he split up Beasts for Crows and Dance of Dragons was not that great. And Pierce said this himself at HowlerCon. He just, like, split the POVs in half. So flawlessly executed. I just, I love the drama and the theater of Dark Age. And I knew this going in, but, like, oh, I really missed Ephraim in this book a lot. And Pax, actually which I did not anticipate. I will say, like, my biggest kind of complaint, I guess, was Volga. That felt, that didn't feel true to her character, but I understand, I guess, in maybe the larger arc of completing Fa, um, you know, why he did that. My favorite part of Lightbringer was the bro adventure. That, I, I was hoping for that going in, and that majorly delivered. And I told Pierce that at Comic-Con. Um, I was, like, so excited, fangirling so hard for that. And I did, you know, it was a safe prediction that the Diomedes would flip. And so seeing that was so satisfying. That was so well executed. Um, and another part that really stood out to me was when Darrow was atoning for the dockyards of Ganymede. You know, that was an, a really important part of him planting the seed for this next series. Um, and so see, I was like, I knew going in that he wasn't going to die. This is a hot take. But so far, Pierce has not murked anyone from Darrow or Severo's family. Ulysses was like a safe bet, right? We hadn't gotten attached to him. So um, that's just an opinion. So I, did, I didn't think he would die. But I was like, how is he going to turn this around? Um, and that was just so, I'm, I study communication. That was such, see, I fucking knew it. I wasn't even at five minutes, okay? I was watching this, the clock. But whatever, it's, of course, I knew it. Rambly, whatever. The last thing I'll say um, is just, I've always kind of felt like Lysander is going to have a, a Darth Vader moment, a reckoning, not a redemption, but I, you know, this book was such a good way to put it. This is a love letter to Cassius, um, and that he will be his millstone. So I think there will be that reckoning, not a redemption, um, but we will see that. So I, could, I was so close to fitting that into one fucking voicemail, um, but alas, I'm a talker. Thank you guys for doing all the most recent episodes. This season has been awesome, like every other season. On this, dear Lucy. Oh! Oh! Thanks, Allie from Cali. I'm never going <laughs> to let that go. I want to say I agree. We did not get a lot of packs. And yeah. I, we got no Electra. And then I also really missed Ephraim. Yeah. I mean, it was all really well said. I think, yeah, my hardest miss 
if I'm really thinking about it, Pax, he's up there, hundred percent. On missing. Yeah, on yeah. on people I miss. We're like, the oh, most. he's got tattoos now. Can we hear more about that? Right. Yeah. And where the fuck is Electra? Do we know? I need to reread it. Ben needs to let me reread it. She's on Mars. Okay, she's yeah. chilling. Yep. All right, you know what it's time for? What are we into this week? Aaron, what are you into? Um, well my uh, my shout out was Beyonce in Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium, AK where the Chiefs are. Mm. Unbeknownst to me, I bought myself club level tickets. <laughs> so that was fun. Nice. I was like, oh <laughs> cushy seats up here. I'm normally in the hard seats. <laughs> um, but not surprising. Beyonce was amazing and perfect. And it was their last show of tour. So everyone was going full out. Um, I know a lot of howlers saw the show cause I saw it on their Instagram. So mm-hmm. great performance. Beyonce is so talented and beautiful and perfect. And I love her so much. Um, what I am into this week <laughs> is a book not a book that you would read (laughs) 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 it's um a book called crochet house plants by emma barnum crocheted house plants um and i've made one plant so far and it's literally like fake house plants that you crochet and they're cute and silly and it's a fun little hobby i love it it looks really that Whatever you, the thing that you showed me, that is like a Chinese money plant. The Chinese money plant. That's the first one I did. It was really cool looking. It you know from far away it looks like a real plant. It does. But then you go up and you're like, that's not a it's real. It's like plant. a cutesy crocheted plant. I like it. And I put it in a real pot. Yeah. Um. So yeah, if you like crocheting, it's a fun book. Um, Emma Varnum also made like a crocheted succulents and cactus version. Um. <laughs> warning <laughs> that I didn't know it's British, which I didn't realize that English crochet terms are different from American ones. Mm. So now I'm learning how to crochet in English. <laughs> 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 I like that. Who'd have known? <laughs> nice. <laughs> These are fancy plants. <laughs> ben, what are you into this week? I'm into a book. It's called My Heart is a Chainsaw by Stephen Graham Jones. It's October, right? It's spooky season. So we got to read a spooky book. Oh, it's Uh, like scary? Yeah. So. uh, Is his heart actually a chainsaw? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Stephen Graham Jones is a great author, writes really good horror books. Uh, I think I can't remember if I've talked about his other book on the pod or not. But his other book, The Only Good Indians, is terrifying. I will not be reading these books. And it's really good. Really good. And so he's a native. Are they novels? Uh, yes. Yeah. He writes like horror novels. And so he's a Native American author. Um, and so the stories usually center around like a Native American main character. This one is about like a high school girl, girl who's kind of like an outcast. She's half Native American. Her name is Jade. She's obsessed with like horror movies, horror movies, particularly slasher movies. And then she basically finds that her town is turning into a slasher movie. Kind of like um, 
be upside down. Yeah, kind of. And um, so a show and, called uh, Stranger Things. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and she's the only one that knows what's going on, you know, because she's a, like this slasher movie expert and she loves it. And she's kind of like figuring it all out. But then nobody in the town, you know, she's like got to save everybody because they don't know what's going on. So is uh, her heart the chainsaw? <laughs> I will not say. Uh, but yes, it's, it's a really good, really good book. Um, really good horror story. She's a really fun, like main character, um, to follow as well. So nice. He's, he's an awesome author. I would, I would highly recommend his books. Is it as scary as like a scary movie? Yeah. Like even more scary. I would say, I would say like books, book, they get in your head, like horror movie books, like, or horror books. Sorry. They get into my head more than like the movies do for sure. So I'll definitely not be. I'm telling you, the only good Indians was just, it was you terrifying. Still have nightmares? Oh, it, I think about it from time to time and I'm just like, wow, it was, is really good. So if you have, if you're looking for Sounds a good horror book for October, <laughs> check either of those out. Spooky season. <laughs> What's coming up next on Howler Pod? It's our chapter by chapter rereads. Yes. So we will be off until November 10th. But then we will be launching weekly Lightbringer reread episodes. Starting with one through five. Starting with chapters one through So start through reading five. on November 9th. And then you'll <laughs> be caught up. Okay. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy, at HowlerPod, um, HowlerPod at gmail.com, HowlerPod.com. Voicemail. Leave us a voicemail at 1-800-516-1540. Um, tell us about your spooky season plans, right? But ha- make it Howler related. <laughs> <laughs> and tell a friend about the books and spread the word about the podcast and rate and review us five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, then we won't read your email on the podcast. That's a lie. We would, we would read it. <laughs> no, we wouldn't. No, we wouldn't. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and fuck Lysander. Omnisphere lupus. Ow! Ow! Ow!